What the hell's the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, crown number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another fascinating edition of Ballsy, our Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn. And on the line with us from Oklahoma, the great Barry Trammell. Hi, Barry. How are you doing? Hi, guys. How are you doing? I was down in Dallas yesterday. What were you doing down here for the Cowboys game? They had a football game. Oh, it was kind of a football game. It was a heck of a ball game. And the, and the game ended, and the Giants won, and the referees let them all walk off the field. <laughs> wow. The craziest thing I've ever seen. Well, thing I've ever seen. Is, is that different than any other game you saw this weekend? Well, um, it's no different than anything I've seen since 2.30 Saturday. <laughs> Before 2.30 Saturday, we did it a little different, but that's okay. Now, in the press box at that Oklahoma State-Central Michigan game, were y'all aware – Watching the game of the error by the officials, I thought I thought they had screwed up. I said, "Hey, why is it Central Michigan's fault? The game can end on an offensive penalty." Now, turns out that's not exactly the way the rules written, but that in effect is what the rule means. So yeah, that... I, said, I, I don't understand why they're doing it. So, but I'm like everybody else, you know, here in America, in most places, somebody in authority, your teacher. Your, uh, you know, your parents, you just sort of say it. You sort of, oh, okay, I guess they know what they're talking about. Well, in this case, they did. But not only did y'all not know that, of course, and I wouldn't have either. I was under the same impression you were that the game uh, could end on an offensive penalty, but not on a defensive Defense. penalty. Uh, but after the game, y'all were the ones who told Mike Gundy, well, Mike, actually, uh, even though you, were, you, know, you took this like a man and, and said this was your fault, Actually, it was the referee's fault, and and his reaction was still not quite uh, one of shock, though, from what I gathered. Yeah, you know, I don't think Mike understood exactly what had happened 20 minutes after the game. I don't think he realized the magnitude of the mistake. Um, Mike Holder certainly realized it. Well, yeah, that's, that's exactly right, and, you know, uh, now, I wasn't with Gundy. I actually was the pool reporter, went to talk to the ref, and then I found the Central Michigan coach, John Bonamigo. I found him on, out on the street celebrating with Central Michigan fans, and I informed him that, hey, you know what? I hate to tell you this, but your victory sort of tainted. The play shouldn't have counted. So, and what was uh, his response to that, Barry? At first, he just thought I was intimating that it was a bad call, and he said, well, I've won games and lost games on good and bad calls. And then he sort of sat there for about 10 seconds and thought about what I told him and said, now, who'd you get this information from? I said, well, I got it from the referee who just talked to Rogers Redding, the national director of officiating. <laughs> well, so he sort of got a, you know, he sort of got a funny look on his face. Um, so uh, he's, uh, you know, it's a bummer for everybody. It's a bummer for Central Michigan. I mean, they had a fabulous play. They had a, one of the best wins in school history, one of the plays of the season, and now it's tainted. So it's a bummer for everybody. Uh, Barry, you'll have to forgive me. I, I wasn't glued to the uh, to the game. Can you just and for some of our listeners who might just tell us exactly what happened? Oklahoma State gets an interception with two fifty left in the game. They make one first down. Central Michigan's out of timeouts, and OSU can run the clock down almost to the end. 
They get it down to four seconds. It's fourth down and 11 or 13 or something. So OSU's got to run off four seconds. Gundy decided to do what a lot of coaches do. Now, some people just have their quarterback just take the ball and run around and then drop to a knee. Gundy had his quarterback take a snap, throw the ball deep out of bounds, wipes out four seconds, the game's over. The only problem is the refs flagged OSU for intentional grounding. Now, personally, I think that was a bad call because intentional grounding must include pressure from the defense, throwing the ball to get rid of, of the pass rush to avoid the pass rush. That's not why he threw the ball, but doesn't matter. Through the, through the flag, intentional grounding, the refs declared that uh, it's a uh, the game can't end on a penalty, an accepted live ball penalty, and gave Central Michigan an untimed down. If now, you didn't see the play, Central Michigan threw a 51-yard Hail Mary. It's a beautiful play. It's a hook and lateral off a Hail Mary. Guy catches it, immediately puts it to a guy, he runs horizontal across the field, gets to the end zone for the game-winning touchdown. But the refs screwed up the play. The game can end on an accepted penalty when it's a loss of down foul, which is basic. what basically means is the game's going to end on an offensive penalty. Sure. The effect of the rule. Now, one of the things that we heard from the refs after the game, of course, and, and this is my big problem with this situation, this particular situation, was that once the referee rules that the game is over, NCAA rules say it's over. That's that. We cannot go back and change anything. And here's my problem with that. I see in other situations where you have a, a play at the end of a game where there's a mistake made or something like that in which the mistake was made, let's say, with you know 30 seconds left in the game or 15 seconds left in the game, and then the other team has the ball, and it changes the circumstances of the game. And then it's impossible to go back and rectify that. You're just screwed. You know, that the teams have to live with it. But in this particular situation, there was no time left on the clock. And so you're just taking away the fact that this team should not have had that possession. It's very easy to change this one. And I think in this particular situation that there should be some panel convened to say, you know what, we realize that this is what the rules say, but in this particular situation when such an egregious error was made that affected the outcome of the game, we're going to disallow it and we're going to say that Oklahoma State won this game. Kevin, you're right in that this is a fixable error. When they screw up with 20 seconds, when they screw up with 120, 220, then all kinds of things happen and you can't go back. You can turn back the clock when it's the last play of the game and it's a play that shouldn't have existed. However, I would disagree with you. I don't think there should be a panel. I don't think there should be a, uh, an appeals process. Here's what I think they should do. And it's going to sound like I'm a homer, but I promise you I'm not because I've written it other places in other situations. The answer is simple. Central Michigan ought to give the game back. Guys. <laughs> uh, Guys, it would be the greatest PR move in the history of the world. Central Michigan would be lauded in all corners of America, not just the football team but the athletic department, but the entire university. It would be, it would be held up as a bastion of integrity and the ideal of what American higher education ought to be about. They could not buy that kind of publicity. Can I, can I give Somebody, you... Guess what, guys? Central Michigan isn't going to the Fiesta Bowl, no matter what we say the final score of that game is. Somebody's going to throw a Hail Mary in the next few weeks and going to knock 
Central Michigan's play off the pedestal of best play of the year. But if Central Michigan did that, they would they would ride forever in the in the uh, mindset of Americans as the uh, as the people with integrity and high character. And it's a place that people would want to be a part of. They'd want to send their kids to. They'd want to give money to. I can't believe it's an unbelievable opportunity for Central Michigan. Uh, Barry, can I give you a little tip? Don't hold your breath. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to do that. But here's the thing. Barry, how would would you do that, though? How would you say we're giving this win back? I don't understand how that would work. Well, Well, here's how it would work. Central Michigan would call a press conference and say, we're giving the game back. Now, after that, that's up to everybody else. That's up to OSU. Do they want the game back? That's up to the MAC and the Big 12 and the playoff committee and all these people that push pencils and, and program computers and do all this crap. But I don't know if you guys remember 1940, Cornell Dartmouth. It was the original fifth down game. Cornell beat Dartmouth 7-3, to three, I think it was. Right. Kevin was and at that game. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah it was. Cornell scored the winning touchdown on a fifth down. This is 50 years before Colorado, Missouri. Cornell scores the winning touchdown on a fifth down. Wasn't any SPN. It wasn't a computer program charting the plays. But they came to realize through a bunch of witnesses and people taking notes, they scored on the fifth down. That next week, Cornell's president declared, we forfeit the game. This is Dartmouth's victory. Dartmouth actually accepted the victory. And Cornell was hailed as, you know, great, great sportsman. So, and it never uh, been any good you know, since. Yeah, it, 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 here's the deal. You can, it's, it's, it's possibly not a fixable problem. But I can tell you this. I know how, if I was connected with mm-hmm. the Central Michigan University, I know exactly how I could sleep well at night. I know exactly how I could feel pride about my university. Anybody yeah. wants to know, I can tell. Well, I, and I think you make a great point from the Central Michigan side, from the standpoint that the, it is a tainted win. You could talk about it all you want, and all people are going to say is that you shouldn't even have gotten that play. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I don't know where you go from here uh, and what they're going to do with this. But I do think that this is one of the problems that we have now in sports because of the uh, inspection that you have of everything now, because everything can be immediately analyzed to such an extent. It's micro Mac micro, right? micro analyzed. Yeah, absolutely. Is that that's why we can't live with these kind of mistakes? I know it's been very popular in sports to say, and in particularly in baseball, uh, with with umpires and decisions that are made. Oh, you just have to live with those errors that, that they make. That's just part of the game. I don't. I know that I don't feel that way, and I like to feel like I'm a pretty reasonable fan. And I have to believe that most fans think that there's no way I want to live with a mistake made by a referee for for somebody who's not even involved in the action of the game. Yeah, and you know what? The ref screwed it up. I, we had a we had a big officiating slap here in Oklahoma high school football a couple of years ago. Not at the exact end of the game, but pretty close to it. And I interviewed the director of officiating for Oklahoma. And he said, well, uh, I said, what, could, what can you do to, to fix this problem? And he said, well, here's how I could fix it. I could put officials out there that know the rules. He was, really, <laughs> he was being owed at his official. And it comes down to those eight guys from the MAC. If you don't know the rules, take off this, the striped shirt and go up there and sit in the stands for the rest of it. You've got to know the rules. However, I think Gundy holds a little responsibility for this. Somebody in OSU Orange 
should have known the rule and said, hey, that's not right. Game's over. We're going to the locker room. Mike, take the guys to the locker room. If they want to let Central Michigan run an untimed down, let them run it against there. But I, but I, I got to tell you, uh, Barry, I don't think that very many coaches know. But the don't rules. you think? What do you think? A program, not, not pro- to that extent. W- will the program now have somebody, a, a rules official, somebody sitting upstairs? Uh, yeah, but the, the, the cow's out of the barn now. Well, what well, no, what no, the chances no, no, this no. ever happens again? You know, the chances this ever happens again. We're, are, we're, we're a reactive society, and, and we will react. And I bet you right. every program in the country now will have have somebody sitting in in the press box whose only job is to make sure the to review the rules. Well, at, the, yeah. at the very least, you have. Well, why don't they? Why don't the? Why isn't there a coach who has uh, access to the broadcast to the feed? Because you got Mike Pereira saying that, hey, this is not right. You know, this this should this this should not have happened. And so if they have him on there immediately. If you've got at least somebody watching that, I'm assuming Mike Holder's got that feed, right? Why uh, isn't he yeah, making? Probably. Why isn't he talking to the coach and saying, hey, 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 we got to protest this? You know. So, Mike, uh, you know, Bob Stoops, Bob Stoops today on the teleconference, they asked him about it, and he said, well, I don't want to get too involved, but he said, we had a play against Louisiana Monroe the other night. We spent 10 minutes with re- with uh, replay trying to figure out if a pass was the first down or not. He said, you can't take 10 minutes to find out whether the game's over. So what you're saying is right. Um, I do say this. You know, you guys remember this. 30 years ago, a football operation included about you know, 25 employees. Now it has about 300 employees. Right, exactly. And people literally doing nothing on the payroll. Put, put one of those people to work is what I say. Absolutely. So well, let me ask you a question. Th- that law, I want to tie, Kevin, Kevin's making hand gestures here, but, uh, but, that, but that loss for Oklahoma State will have ramifications on the entire Big 12, correct? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about, hey, what if, you know, what if OSU gets in the playoff committee? mind and what do they do with that game it just they just went to the wire with a mac team in stillwater right yeah, not not good let's, let's not worry let's not worry about the playoffs just let's see if they can beat kansas state first can oklahoma beat ohio state this week coming up oh heck yeah 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 i don't know if they will but they can one of the, uh, one of the things about uh, bob stoops that has always impressed me is that first of all uh, it does not impress me that he that he lost and lost to Houston and lost so handily in that game, but it does impress me that when he has a loss, he's able to to, to gather the troops and they go on and to have a pretty good season. Uh, now, usually he doesn't lose this early, but he has been able to do that in the past. Is that what gives you kind of some feeling that uh, that he can beat Ohio State? Well, I guess I try not to put too. You know, there's a theory here that when OU's really, really good, really put up. Uh, on pedestal, they'll disappoint you. And when they're a little laying low and you're sort of down on them, they're going to rise up and do great. I tend to think that's a little bit of a mirage. Uh, but the problems they had against Houston, I think, are fixable. They didn't run the ball enough. That's on them. They didn't cover Houston's passing game well enough. I think that's on Houston. I mean, I think Houston's really good. That, that, that throwing game is really good. If Ohio State can throw like Houston, we'll then power to them and you know see them in the in the national title game. But I think OU's got a, a fighting chance. I mean, they got good players. We know that. We've seen that. So uh, they're going to be jacked up for this game. Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think Ohio State is really good, but they got a lot of new players. They're really talented, but you know they lost a lot of starters off that team from last year. You so know, I think it's a good, tough, solid matchup. 
Bob Stoops didn't exactly throw Baker Mayfield under the bus, but he he kind of did in that game. And which he and 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 really, uh, whether you want to say that about a college kid or not, uh, it was accurate what he said. I'll say that. Maybe if it wasn't fair to say it, it was accurate to say that Baker got in a situation where he tried to make too much uh, of of opportunities in that game. If he had just taken the opportunities presented to him, much like Dak Prescott did Sunday against the Giants. That uh, that the uh, the Sooners would have had a much better uh, game against uh, Houston, and it might even have won that game. So, do you feel like this is a, a situation that Baker has probably learned from that, or is he just a little too much on the excitable side, wanting to make the big plays happen all the time? I think it's probably the latter. I think you just sort of live with Baker Mayfield. You know, Stoops uh, Stoops himself has said, in terms of keeping Baker healthy. Having him not run as much, they don't have any depth at quarterback. Been a lot of questions like that over the summer. And Stoops would say, you know what? You don't really try to bridle Baker Mayfield. Well, I think it's the same. I think it's the same way on this question. I think you just you sort of live with it. You tell him, hey, get rid of the ball quicker. But that doesn't mean he's going to. And if he doesn't, it doesn't mean he's going to the bench. If you know what I mean. So I think I think you just live with it and hope he makes the plays. The truth is, they just didn't make enough plays against against Houston. They went, you know, I've forgotten now, but they went, you know, thirty something minutes without scoring. Well, you go thirty minutes something minutes in college football twenty first century without scoring, you're going to lose the game, and that's what happened with Houston. Is Samaji P. Ryan healthy? I think he is. Um, his mental health may be in question. You know, they just <laughs> forgot about him. He, he got hurt. And they forgot about the running game in Houston. It looked fine the other night in the scrimmage against Monroe. But, um, you know, Lincoln Riley, it's not, you know, it's the air raid. He's running the air raid. This is the son of Mike Leach. So why are we getting too surprised? This is not, you know, it's typical for, for the air raid to sort of lose its way with the running game. So that's why Bob got away from it 15 years ago. He wanted to run the ball more. Now he's gone back to it. So they got they they've got to find a balance there. But it, but focusing on the run does not come natural to a son of the air raid. So hey. Lincoln Riley, his fallback position is always going to be a pass. Well, that's why that's why he's getting paid, and that's why he was brought in. Yeah, and, and you know, to me though, this is the easy way. You know, you, uh, to me, a sign of a good coach is the guy who takes advantage of his personnel. If your if your personnel is more inclined, if you got a guy like P. Ryan, who's a tremendous talent and and a very powerful runner, if you've got a guy like that uh, that that can run the ball as well as he does, and if you run the ball, then you're kind of. I'm not saying I don't want to get too down on Baker Mayfield here. I think he's a terrific quarterback, and and he and he has a. I think he shot his chance at being winning the Heisman Trophy probably with just one game, but I I do think he's a tremendous talent. But if you're running the ball with with P Ryan more often, then you're kind of reducing the times that you're you're, you're taking the, those opportunities out of of Baker's hands where he might be tempted to try to make too much happen here. Well, that's true. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, the, the best Baker Mayfield is when he's on the move, when he's running, you know, scrambling and making throws. And, you know, that's, that's sort of what they got him down on. You know, what they got down on him about Houston was, you know, holding the ball too long. But that's really when he's at his best. He's not Dan Marino. He's not down that hike, throw the ball. That's no. not what Baker Mayfield is. No. So, it's, 
if that's what you want, you need a different quarterback. He's more Fran Tarkenton, run around and do something. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a conundrum. Um, the truth is, they played a really good team down in Houston on the road, and they didn't play very well. That's going to get you beat ninety eight percent of the time. You got to play well to win those games. What you uh, think of Ed? They played well Saturday. They got a chance. What do you think of Ed Oliver watching him play that Houston defensive the freshman? Tackle? The freshman. Well, yeah, he was he was uh, he was excellent. Uh, I thought they had a lot of good players. Yeah, I mean, you know the DBs, the Houston DBs, they didn't let those Sooners run free. I mean, they got covered. So they had one drafted in the first. For Tom Herman. Has uh, Barry? Let me, has Houston been a fertile recruiting ground for the for the Oklahoma schools? It has, uh, hasn't? A long time ago. Oklahoma, you know what? Yeah, forever. Actually, more so Oklahoma State. In the last 15, 20 years, OU has done more of its damage in Dallas than Houston. Oklahoma State has really gone big time into Houston over the last 15, 20 years. Uh, I don't know if you guys fly into Hobby much, but for, for the last decade or so, going to Hobby and there's a huge, a huge billboard in the, in the terminal as you're walking to baggage claims. The uh, Oklahoma State University, a brighter shade of orange. And so, they market the whole thing university in Houston. So uh, the Sooners have not have not gotten as many out of Houston as they have out of Dallas. Does, has, so will the resurrection of, of the Houston program affect uh, the Oklahoma State, you think? Uh, OSU absolutely does not want Houston in the Big 12. I don't think OU does either, but I don't think they're as adamant about it. Um, is, is, I know you think it could cost them a recruit or two. Is, OSU you think, hey, it could recruit, cost us a bunch of recruits. Is, is there any way at this point, if if there is an expansion, to keep Houston out? Do you think? I think uh, I don't think there's going to be an expansion. Okay. Yeah, I don't either. I I don't think there is. I mean, I, to me, I think there are some schools that don't want it, and even if you get the consensus to have expansion, then you got to go back to the table and figure out who. And I don't think there's a consensus there. So my my money is stronger and stronger on no expansion. That's what I think, too. Let me ask you this about the – you brought up Tom Herman again and the question about him. And I, I wrote this uh, from the A&M game. Oh, when, don't bring this when up. They bet, what? Because I don't want to hear from A&M fans for the next month. What? Go ahead. Uh, that you in the UCLA uh, win over UCLA that uh, that for another week anyway that Kevin Sumlin kept himself out of the Tom oh. Herman sweepstakes. Do you think it's possible? You know, here's one of the things that, that Evan talks about. Barry groans at times when you're wondering, what the heck are you talking about? Because you're all you're doing is setting us up to get tweeted and and emailed. Oh, we don't want to be on social media. No, 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 don't do that. Negatively. Uh, do you think it's possible if Bob Stoops, if the, if the, the okay. program were to go into the tank this summer, this fall, that Tom Herman would be talked about as possibly succeeding Bob Stoops? Um, Any time Bob Stoops left, Tom Herman would be talked about. I don't think there's. I think there's zero chance that Bob Stoops is uh, asked to leave anytime soon, and by soon, I'm talking five years, probably ever. If Bob Stoops next summer said, uh, or, or, or next January said, you know what, I think I've had enough, he decided to walk away, then I think Tom Herman's at the top of the list. However, I don't think Stoops is close to leaving, and I don't think OU's close to wanting to leave. I expect him to be here at least five more years, and maybe ten. 
So you think he's that? It's because he's locked in that well with uh, the people who count at Oklahoma. Yeah, and and the people with a big offense, you know, um, he's not won in all the big games, or maybe even you know near as many big games as he used to. He's still a heck of a coach. He's still putting out a great product. You know, they did win the Big Twelve last year. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, so uh, he's still doing an excellent job. Is he as good as Nick Saban? No. Is he as good as Urban Meyer? Probably not. And who is? But who who is? What, yeah, who is? What do you? Is you, you know, it, it's not a very good way to have a successful life. Always trade in something quality, hoping for something more. So the people that matter know that. The fans with a lick of fans know it. Stoops' sons are in high school. They're really good athletes, having a great. This is the only home they've known. He's not leaving anytime soon. Um, you know, in the same way that, you know, in the same way that he looks upon Youngstown, Ohio, as you know, his idyllic upbringing and all that. His three kids, this is their home. The two twins were born here, and they're now they're sixteen or whatever they are. His older daughter is eighteen and nineteen. It's the only home they've ever known. He's not. I don't think he's interested in leaving anytime soon. So you, at one time, though, there was a lot of talk about uh, Bob being the next Cowboys coach, being the next Browns coach, being, you know, he was talked about in the NFL quite a bit. That time passed. Do you think that Bob ever really strongly considered it? David Boren says the most he feared ever losing Bob Stoops is to the Cleveland Browns. I think it was 01. Uh, so I assume he was pretty serious about it. I always thought he was Michael to Florida back in the early 2000s. Right. He played Spurrier and then whoever else, you know, they went with, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, Ron Zook. Right. Um, I thought maybe it replaced Zook. Uh, but, you know, he just sort of grew roots here, and, you know, he's still got, now, here's, here's what could change. The same president and athletic director who hired students uh, 17 years ago are still here. If that ever changed, if David Bourne ever retired, which is said one or two, so he's going to someday. Or if Joe Castiglione moved on, you know, Stoops and, and, and the new the new administration wasn't quite a good fit. Stoops might look to do something else. But as long as those two guys are here, I don't think Stoops is going anywhere. Barry, you've been great as always. We love having you on the podcast. Are you talking to me? No, I'm not talking to you in particular. Uh, I'm oh, talking you to you said Barry. You've been great. To the better Barry on this podcast. Uh, and, and we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and so you will be at that Ohio State-Oklahoma game this weekend. Yes, and you're saying the podcast. If you're saying the podcast is over, are we sure it's over? <laughs> no, we, we need to extend it. It's we not. To, it's not over. The podcast. No, we did not need to extend. We did not. Even, we don't even need a referee because you know what? Because <laughs> Barry and I are the ombudsmans on this entire podcast, and what we say goes. When it's over, it's over. Not only that, Kevin has a lunch appointment. No, it's not lunch. Well, I, had, I got. Maybe a, we should. Maybe we should have an untimed question. Let's have an untimed question. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I, I, I wanted to ask you about Shane Bouchelle, but we'll we'll save that for another time. Maybe before the Texas uh, OU game. Ba- Barry, thanks so much for being with us. It was terrific. All right, see you guys. See you, Barry. There goes Barry Trammell. He's one of my favorites. I, I love Barry. He does a great job in Oklahoma. He's much like uh, Kirk Bowles in Austin, Barry Trammell in Oklahoma. And, and Kevin Sherrington in Dallas. Nah, I wouldn't say that. But I'd say that they, those guys are guys who have a long history 
in their particular regions and are extremely well respected for their opinions and well versed and, and, and they and they know what they're talking about and their about. work ethics they they are you heard what so Barry's a columnist at the Oklahoman right right and what was he serving as in that Oklahoma pool State reporter pool reporter I heard that pool reporter I've been a pool reporter he's chasing and that, down and he's chasing down the, the opposing coach the opposing coach there's not a lot of it let me tell you something even in the mainstream media that works a lot harder than these people do on social media uh, who are only doing it on social media, uh, there's not a lot of people chasing down the opposing coaches in the parking lot no. uh, after games. You, and, and you know what? You get something valuable out of that because of, because of that. I hope you've learned a lesson. Maybe we, we, we'll see you in a parking lot someday. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm always in the parking lot tailgating. You're, you're tailgating. Yeah. And, uh, well, that was, that was a terrific podcast. What other podcasts do we have today? Well, we also had a podcast uh, with our old buddy Evan Grant, who's in Houston, uh, on our baseball podcast. Did you podcast. notice Barry never asked where Evan was? He didn't even care. He didn't care. Who cares? Who cares? And now we're also going to have a podcast with our old friend Kate Horopoulos talking about that little bit of a Cowboys game on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Last time I think she was with us, we talked Johnny Manziel. Might have been. There'll be no reference to Johnny Manziel no. on the Cowboy podcast. None. Okay. None. So for Kevin Sherrington. I'm I'm Kevin Sherrington. <laughs> oh, you're Kevin Sherrington. You're Barry Horn. I'm Barry Horn. Evan, <laughs> Grant, nice Evan Grant is at some airport in Houston. He's asleep by now. Everybody, thanks for listening. And subscribe on iTunes. We uh, Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Yeah, make sure you do that. Bye. Bye.